revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. everybody we are back and this is wits and Roz, and we're ever adapting i mean we came to when we first started doing the show we were learning spanish we were getting into um krav maga so we were learning how to defend ourselves out in the world but we're getting older i mean we're a respectable 22 we understand that working out and being healthy is a very important choice to make throughout the rest of your life and most recently what we figured out is we've become elliptical men and i have to give credit where credit's due Xander is the one who introduced me to the elliptical. And there's no shame by it, right, Xander? There's no shame. The elliptical is super important. In fact, I did my research today. found out why the elliptical could be sometimes viewed as better than a treadmill or running outside. And I'd like to share a couple of these reasons with you and why maybe athletes. I mean, we are a sports show, so we want to tailor this back to the athletes that we hope listen to the show. One, it's a full body workout. There is a target zone, but there is a full body workout. You get your arm motion in there if you choose to. You can also have your hands on the heart rate monitor to check your heart rate, which is kept at a pretty constant rate while you're on an elliptical. Also, it reduces fatigue while you're training and working out. It's one of the best for you in terms of not gasping for air, looking for something to grab onto. Really, you can stay at a constant rate while burning a lot of calories. And also, Xander, maybe not as important for us, but for me right now, it is. And for women, if they like to go this route, they can go this route. It really tones the thighs and butt. It really (laughs) does. And right now, my thighs, leaving college, they were a little bit bigger than they were when I went into college. And I've always had a kind of a small butt, but like a nice little, it could be perky. So I think it's a great opportunity to use this elliptical. It also is just fantastic, the people that surround yourself with them. Nobody's competing on an elliptical. And that's one of the best feelings you can have. So don't be – if you're a guy and you're worried about using an elliptical, if you're 22 and you're worried about using an elliptical, don't worry about it. It's good for you. It's healthy. Now, what isn't healthy is this prelude into college basketball. And we're back, by the way. I just want to say we're back. Yeah, I, college, did, I did watch my probably one game of the year until the tournament. Perfect. Was, but that's all I asked it from you. Yeah. But we're back with college basketball, which you know is my forte and is the only reason I was ever brought on this show. That's true. That's the only reason. And last year I brought you Baylor – who was a fantastic team, one of the top teams in the country, obviously bailed out in the tournament, but I told you where they were going to go, and they got exactly to that point. I brought them to the number one ranked, Mm -hmm. and they went down from there when I started endorsing elsewhere. I do have a team for you in a little bit, but 
there was this crude just prelude with this FBI investigation, all the issues with Rick Pitino, who really can't get out of his own way in terms of lying. But nobody has to worry about Louisville for right now. We had an amazing, unless you do. Yeah, no, I'm saying also the UCLA thing in China. That was another. I'm trying to avoid that. That is, that is my team. They just won in double overtime the other night against Central Arkansas. I know people are like, how do you let that happen, especially at Poly Pavilion? Well, they're playing only eight players. Imagining playing 40 minutes with eight players. Although I do have to give credit because we're going back to this Duke-MSU game. Grayson Allen played 40 minutes of a 40-minute game. Grayson Allen, I think, is going to be the X factor for Duke this year. I mean, this is a team that kind of reminds me of, kind of, kind of built how these Kentucky teams have been built over the past. I and one in particular, that Anthony Davis led yeah. team, because Bagley, I think, fits that role. Yeah, I mean, Kentucky has been, I think, the best young team usually every year. I mean, they get the top recruits, but Duke, I think, is probably that team this year. Um, you know, Marvin Bagley got knocked out of the game pretty early against Michigan State, got poked in the eye pretty bad, did not look fun at all. But, you know, this Duke team has a lot of good players, and Grayson Allen, being a senior, is a guy who is, has done a lot of good things at Duke. I mean, I, I know he's always in the news for the wrong thing, but... Which people need guy, to get over. He seems like a good guy. I like the way he talked about after the if game. He, I mean, he's not going to score 37 points every night, but if he can kind of lead this team and keep them together... I mean, this Duke team scares me, and I only I know I only saw one game, but that was a very good Michigan State team with an all All American player in Miles Bridges. Um, you know, this Duke team I think is clearly the top team in the nation from what I've seen so far. Well, what's awesome is Trevin Duvall is going to be the point guard. It was Grace Now in the last three years, and they had players like Luke Kennard. He's had big men that dish the ball down to, but now that doesn't have to be the focus for Allen. Allen can be the playmaker, and Duvall is the one who's going to get him the ball. Duvall created so many open shots. They show a statistic at the end of the game about comparing Miles Bridges to Grayson Allen and who had more open shots. Miles Bridges had zero open shots, whereas Grayson Allen had 14. And obviously that translates into points, 37 to 19. And I think with this young cast around you know that Kentucky team back in the day with Anthony Davis was five freshmen, but I think these four freshmen that are surrounding Allen are going to be enough to push this team again to the national championship, which he won as a freshman. You have to remember he won with Jaleel Okafor, beat Wisconsin in an awesome national championship game, and he was actually an X-factor at, towards the end of that season. So I think this is a great opportunity for them. There are lots of teams that are going to compete. I don't love Kansas. I don't know if you watched the Kansas-Kentucky game. It was a low-scoring affair. Kentucky really looking young and immature is the word. They're not the players themselves aren't immature. It's just the team is immature. They're not ready for this next step, and I think they are at a point where they're too young. Kansas, they have issues with some of their players in terms of being eligible to play, but Kansas isn't exciting me this year. I think Michigan State and Duke are just kind of at the top for me. I don't. I don't know if there's. It's almost like the Alabama right now in college football. Michigan State and Duke are the ones you got to look up to. Yeah, I mean, Michigan State, I think, is a very good team. I know they dropped that game to Duke, but having a guy like Miles Bridges on the team, I mean, I think you you need a guy who is a top player, and I think Michigan State definitely has that. You know, the one thing, I mean, we're talking about Duke again that really impressed me was the 25 offensive rebounds. More offensive rebounds than Michigan State had defensive rebounds, and I know that Duke has a lot of people who can score. You know, definitely Grayson Allen is one of those guys, but a team that can rebound that well and also push the ball down the floor. I mean, they're they're my team to watch out for, but I like Michigan State. I agree with you. I think Kentucky looked pretty young in that game against Kansas, but 
that's the great thing about college basketball. We get, you know, over 30 games to watch these teams grow. And, you know, obviously it's not like college football. It's not, you know, a one and done or a two uh, two losses and you're done. I mean, most of these teams will make the tournament. Kansas, you know, I have to disagree with you a little bit. I, I really like this Kansas team, and they won that game despite missing 28 of 28 three-pointers. Dude, so, but that's the Chuck and Chuck guys. They're the ones who are just throwing I mean, this ball up in the air. We're two or three games in. I mean, I, I'm not going to— In the tournament, if they're hitting, yeah, that's going to look fine. But they're that team that's going to lose to Northern Iowa. Or, and I asked them taking shots at Kansas, the past of Kansas here. They're the not. I don't think they can go very far. Okay, and and what about after the top five or six? I mean, we've got power rankings. We've got Villanova, Southern California. We got Florida, Miami. I mean, well, any of these teams is North Carolina. Joel Berry's back. I mean, does North Carolina have a chance to make a run this year? I think they have the. They lost a lot of talent, but like you said, Barry's going to be back. I think that's going to be crucial. This USC ranking, just like in football. I, I think it's a, it's a fake ranking. I think it's the name brand. But real quickly, since we're about to head to the break, I'd like to say, how much do you like your name? Are you a big fan of Xander? Is there the potential that you're going to name your child Alexander? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to name my child, but I do like my name. It's pretty unique. So we've got Wendell Carter Jr. We got Gary Trent Jr. Marvin Bagley III. We got Jerron Jackson Jr. And I'm just naming juniors and thirds in that Duke-Michigan State game, by the way. So I think we're hitting a new era. I think it's time that the names stay. And I'm going to name my kid Ethan. If Duke wins the national championship, I will make the promise I will name my first child Ethan Jr. And you know what? Hopefully he'll play for Coach K one day. But that's all the time we have this segment, This segment, everybody. This is the Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. And we were just throwing it around a little bit, kind of talking about the rest of the rankings in college basketball. Villanova, a quiet five, and you can say how are you quiet if you're in the top five, but there's not a lot of hype coming into the season for Villanova. They lost Josh Hart. They do retain Jalen Brunson. They have Micah Bridges, who is, or Bridges, yeah, Micah Bridges, who's not Miles Bridges and not related, but also a very talented player. I think Villanova is one of those teams to watch out for again, and Wichita State is about to have another undefeated season. That's just how it's going to work. It's their best team they've had in a while. They're going to get through their non-conference. There's some awesome games ahead of them, but they're going to get through that, and then once they hit the conference, I don't think games will be within double digits. Yeah, I mean, a guy I really like for Wichita State right now is Shaq Morris. You know, finished with 18-10, and 10, um, Monday's win over Charleston. Guy's 6'8", and I think he, he's a, a really key player for Wichita State this year. I mean, like you said, they're a team that you know is pretty notorious for going through the season with one or two losses, but I, I could definitely see this team making a run. I think they're very powerful. Um, Notre Dame is another team I'm looking at. Bonzi Colson coming back 27-11 and 11 in Monday's win over Mount St. Mary's. Also, Rex Fluger, 13-10. and 10. I think Bonzi Colson is a guy who could win the National Player of the Year. So he is a, he's a, a guy I'm looking out for. Another team I like, and I know you want to talk about him, but also I'll throw it up to you, Texas A&M sitting at 22 in the power rankings. This was T-ball. I put that ball in the T before in pre-production, and you had, you had to hit the I'm, ball I'm for me. It, no, I'm letting you run the bases. I'm, I'm going to run the bases on this. I said it last year with Baylor. Baylor was a very athletic team, a big team. There were presence on the court which propelled them in the rankings. Texas A&M is this team this year. They won their first game convincingly. Again, they're missing one of their top players, like a lot of teams are, Robert Williams. He's going to be a sophomore forward. But they have this guy, Tyler Davis, center. He's a junior, 
unbelievable game, also led by Admin Gilder, who I thought played fantastically. Both of them scoring 20-plus points. This is a team that's going to have plenty of scores. And then, not to mention, their defense is going to be suffocating. Going to the rim is almost going to be impossible. You're going up into the trees, and you're going to have a tough time. Now, this would be an awesome matchup if I were to get this team versus Duke. Wouldn't really know where to go with that one. I'm hoping there'd be a big spread and I could ride I could ride Texas A&M there. But this is my team to watch out for. They're the team that I think is going to climb the rankings. They are in the SEC, which I think is going to be relatively down this year. We're looking at teams like Alabama, Arkansas. Florida is the top-ranked team behind Kentucky, who will drop this week. SEC, to me... A little weak, and they're getting a little more love because they got the number one overall recruit who's going to Mizzou now, who hasn't played yet. He's missed his first two games. One of those same stories where eh, he'll take as much time as he needs. Yeah, that, he doesn't that want was to risk. another team I wanted to bring up. Mizzou, very interesting. They're, you know, they remain undefeated, two and zero. Michael Porter Jr., supposedly one of the top freshmen in college basketball. You know, kind of has an I want to say undisclosed injury. They're not really saying what's wrong with him, but. You know, if he if he eventually starts playing, I think this Mizzou team is a team to look out for, not only in the SEC, but in college basketball as a whole. I mean, you know, the SEC, they do have quite a few teams in the top 25, but like you said, I don't know how powerful that conference is, but, you know, we'll see. As and they'll beat on each other. Here. They absolutely will. And like we, you liked West Virginia last year. You thought they were a hard-pressed team. They Maybe it was Mike Strafe, who we'll get back on the show to talk a little more college basketball. His Purdue team, by the way, going up to Marquette and getting a nice win this week. But... Beat West Virginia by 20 points. I mean, that's a team that's going to hound you the entire game. Texas A&M just looks like the mold. But we're going to skip out of college basketball so that we don't get in trouble with the FBI because I feel like if we hang around there too long, we're going to get in trouble. (laughs) Quick NBA jabs because when I'm backing somebody, I back it hard. And I back Lonzo Ball to the fullest. Let me just put it out there. And we were excited because this was the week. We've been preparing for this week. Ben Simmons versus Lonzo Ball was not even close. (laughs) I mean, the score was close on the scoreboard, but Embiid putting up 40-plus points, almost a triple-double for Ben Simmons, Lonzo Ball getting benched in the fourth quarter for the second straight game. What is going on here, Zan? Can you be a doctor here? Can you fix this ball problem? I don't know if I can fix Lonzo Ball's scoring problem because he's got one. I, it's a sabermetric stat, and I'm not really familiar with the basketball ones, but he's got one of the worst like scoring, I don't want to say per percentages. Yeah, just... An awful scoring rate for a guy who's out on the floor for that much. I think he'll be fine. I mean, I remember the first game of the preseason, everybody was up in arms about his terrible game. But, yeah, Ben Simmons really dominated that matchup. And Joel Embiid, like you said, an absolute beast when he plays. But I'm not completely sold on him yet. I mean, I want to see him play a full NBA season. I mean, That's yet, the big thing. But Ben Simmons has been the top rookie in the league, I think, by far. The guy's almost averaging a triple-double. He's electric, you know, a six nine point guard. I mean, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Magic Johnson, just. which is a lot of which is heavy comparison he's getting, and some might say that it should have gone to Lonzo, but he is being outplayed by Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons is outplaying the rest of the rookie field. Is it unfair a little bit, maybe, because he's been in the league for a year? I know he didn't get to play, but he has kind of the wherewithal and understanding of what traveling's like, what it's their team camaraderie is. I don't know. He will probably be Rookie of the Year, but I really do like Dennis Smith Jr. on the maps. And there's that whole to-do. LeBron LeBron is heavy in the news right now. His issues with Enos Cantor, his issues with the New York Knicks, his issues with Phil Jackson, his issues with his own team. I mean, his team is terrible. It and is. that's tough for me to say because my guy is coming off the bench for that team. Dwayne Wade, we, I say it every week. 
it's tough. But he did come to play, and they did beat the Hornets, which was impressive because Nicholas Batum had just returned. I'm a little worried about these Cavs because the Celtics are pretty legit, and they are without Gordon Hayward. So that just means they can only get better. Yeah, I would love to see another Eastern Conference Finals matchup with the Celtics and Cavs. Um, My mortgage I, couldn't go on the Cavs. Let me just tell you, I've changed. I've changed a little bit. Yeah, I would love to see Kyrie go up against LeBron because you know Kyrie was that guy who basically said he didn't want to play with LeBron anymore, wanted to be the guy on another team. I don't know if he's good enough to be the guy. I would say probably not. But I mean, you never know. I mean, we do have a long season ahead of us. Losing Gordon Hayward was, I think, something nobody wanted to see, especially in the fashion that he did it. But, I mean, this Celtics team is, is very good. Kyrie's playing some great ball. I've always been a big fan of Al Horford. I think this team is destined for pretty good things. You know, I don't. I think the NBA title still belongs to the Golden State Warriors, although they have not been playing great basketball this year. But, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying the show so far. I've been watching a little more than usual this year, which is... Kind of weird for me to say because I don't really like basketball, but you know I, I better get used to it once football's over. That's fair, and we are filming late Thursday night just because of how our schedules work and everything. Mm-hmm. We're currently watching the Boston, at least I'm watching the Boston and Golden State game, which is tied at a beautiful 76 to 76. And the reason I say this beautiful is because there's only six minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they have held the Golden State Warriors to 76 points. To this point in the game. And this is a point in the game where the Warriors have either broken 100 or right on the doorstep. And that's how you beat this team. Right. I mean, it's. T- I mean, you say six minutes left. I thought you'd probably say the third quarter. But, I mean, holding this, this Warriors team under, I think, almost 110 is, it's you know, t- is a pretty good victory. And we saw that, and I saw that a couple weeks ago, or not even a couple, when the Timberwolves got their first crack at the Golden State Warriors. A Timberwolves team that I actually am a huge fan of. I think that... Similar to the goal, or similar to the Philadelphia 76ers, this is the next team on the rise. What do you think about Markel Fultz? Is he coming back anytime soon, or is he just going to be another 76er? Who's- I think he's going to be out for a while, and it's going to be another 76ers thing. And But where's the room? He's not going to come in and be point guard, because that's where Ben Simmons is playing. But real quickly, back to the Timberwolves point. Timberwolves fought with the Golden State Warriors for a good period of time. Fourth quarter was over. Put up 120 points, and that's not something teams in the NBA are going to be able to do to keep up. Maybe the Rockets, but the Rockets have been brutal this year as well. Nothing super spectacular. Yeah, they're 11 and four. Brutal in the standpoint that James Harden's playing probably the best basketball. But he's alone there. again. And how so. long can you just be alone? And Westbrook is trying to adapt. I mean, the Thunder are another team that aren't playing up to expectations. I don't know. It's going to be tough. I have a lot of. I don't have a lot of money, but I have money riding on the Golden State Warriors not winning the NBA Finals, which means I have 29 other teams to pick from. So hopefully one of them pans out. Luckily, we'll know it's not the Chicago Bulls who are just pitiful. They are beyond a disgrace to the NBA and uh, arguably sh- should be playing in the G League. Well, I mean, I don't think they're a disgrace. I think everybody knew what this team was going to be about when the year started. I mean, they really have no players. Um, so, I mean, they're, I don't. I wouldn't call them a disappointment. I think they're a disappointment. They're, I'd say they're playing they're right, disgusting. right now. I think their front office is disgusting. I think everything about that organization is disgusting. Hmm. Six NBA titles in the 90s. Pretty good. Great. You had Michael Jordan. Yeah. You had one great, great period in time, and now you're just going to hang your hat on that. And I don't even think that management team. That management team wasn't even placed. They've they've dropped the ball since. So that's all the time we have this segment, everybody. This is Sporting Edge at Liberty Talk.fm and AMFM 24-7. We'll be back with our football stuff. Here we go.
What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics and the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to the Bubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, the Bubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We're back. And I will not be getting a pet bulldog if you were paying attention to the show last week. I promised that if Georgia won the national championship, won out, I would get a pet bulldog. It's very tough. I don't think that's the case this year. By the way, where's the love for taking Auburn against Georgia? Let me just say, real quickly... You took every team against Georgia for a six-week span, so I don't. I think you not, get not legitimately though, but I said straight up Auburn would win that game, and they did in convincing fashion. I think I'm giving you thirty percent credit. I'm going to give you thirty percent on whatever. It. I mean, it is a percentage, so you should be happy with that. But my team is done. It is out, and Alabama is still standing on top, but not convincingly on top. Do I think there's still a team close to them? Oklahoma, actually, that would be my answer right now. Fair. Who's getting dissed? I believe, by the college football playoff rankings. How? They're in the top four. They're in the top four. They should be top two why, right It doesn't now. matter. Baker Mayfield is by far and away the best player in college football right now. Okay. And they are on the best team. The best offensive team right now is Oklahoma. You're, you're just bringing up stuff that doesn't matter. It does. It because doesn't. when it comes down to it, you obviously know that Miami and Clemson are not both going to be in. It just is, can't work that way. Because okay, no right team that has lost it after this point has gotten in. I know, but right now they should be. I know what you think. They should. Play. You think Clemson is a better team than Oklahoma? I do. Really? I do. So the argument for why Clemson is number two over Miami is because they have more impressive road wins. All right, mm-hmm. and I agree. I think that's a huge factor, and I would put Clemson above Miami because Miami hasn't showed a lot on the road. They haven't played an above five hundred team. Oklahoma went in and beat. Ohio State in Ohio State. And you know what, how difficult that is. I mean, I just picked Michigan State plus 17 and a half, a ranked team who just got smothered almost by 40 points. I think it's more impressive, Oklahoma's resume, in a conference that is full of offensive talent. They've beaten Oklahoma State. They beat TCU. I think they are the better team right now. And okay. I think they should be above. They also didn't lose to, they lost to Iowa State, a ranked team. You know who it was not Clemson? ranked at the time? That's fine. But Syracuse wasn't ranked at the time, and they haven't gotten back since. They have not become ranked since beating Clemson. So, I agree. I th- also, Clemson was playing half that game without their starting quarterback, and the entire season besides that, I think they've been the that Florida State game was convincing. They got to second place after a Florida State game like that. And let's be honest, me and you both picked the sixteen and Florida State. They, they won thirty-one fourteen. Yeah, but we know that we snuck away with we snuck away with that gambling. We snuck victory. away with the cover. We snuck away with the cover, but they of actually snuck away the win points. because right after fumble turnover, Florida State's quarterback throws a pick. That's unbelievable that on first down and 10, you throw a pick when you have the opportunity to take a lead against this team. 
and you're on the other side of the 50. It's ridiculous. I don't know. I'm not on the Clemson bandwagon as hard as I have been this season because I think Oklahoma State, or not Oklahoma State, I think Oklahoma is the better team. I think they've been more impressive with their resume. But, again, beating TCU, great week last week. Clemson, they got their win. Miami, beyond impressive. I picked them in on the show last week. Obviously threw my money on an accidental different direction last or during the game, so I lost some money, but won the sporting edge pick. Miami looked dominant. Their defense is great, but it, there comes a point where is that defense going to be enough to move them forward? I mean, this Clemson Miami. I mean, their game, defense is great, but they were playing against Notre Dame's backup quarterback for three and a half quarters. I agree. So, I mean, very impressive win. They, I agree. So, I think Clemson's going to be an interesting game because it's going to be neutral site, and it's tough to go play at the Rock down in Miami. And I think it'll. I think this week against Virginia will be a big game. They have a couple road games before the ACC championship. I'm interested to see how it plans out or plays out. I think this top four is looks sexy on paper right now. People would love to see that, but you're going to have to get used to this. Wisconsin controls their destiny now. Wisconsin absolutely will get if they finish undefeated will absolutely be in the college football playoff, and that was said when they were given the fifth rank spot. Right, and I think they're getting helped out week by week. Iowa beating Ohio State and becoming ranked big help. Michigan becoming ranked again this week for the first time in a while. Big help. So this is a big and game George, this week. Georgia losing. And Georgia, obviously Georgia losing is a big thing. But that arguably helps Auburn because I think Auburn's going to skip people, if, especially if they beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl. I think. Yeah. So Wisconsin definitely got a lot of help outside, but I think their conference is starting to help them out. Something that we were saying is cannibalistic. They're kind of feeding Wisconsin at this point. Yeah, but I mean, regardless, even if Michigan wasn't ranked, you know, it doesn't matter to me. If they go undefeated now with the way the rankings shake out, shake out especially with Clemson is going to play Miami. I mean, Wisconsin, like you said, if they went out, they control their own destiny. Oklahoma controls their own destiny. Um, and Miami and Clemson, one of these two teams, I believe, will not be in the college football playoff because I don't think a one-loss Miami team is going to be there. And I think... I think the rankings kind of showed that last week when they were only at number seven, yeah. being undefeated. So no, I agree. You know their schedule has not been great so far. Like you said, they haven't played an, an over five hundred team on the road. But I think it's exciting that we could see the first two loss team in the playoff. I mean, and I if think there Auburn, one team at Auburn, I think would be kind of pretty deserving. I mean, they have played some fantastic football lately, and if they take down Alabama after last week's performance, by the way, in the Vegas Index. The game went from Alabama favored by 10 points to Alabama favored by 3 points in the Iron Bowl. And honestly, Miami loses to Clemson in the ACC championship and Auburn wins the SEC. I would put in a two-loss Auburn team in front of Miami. I think they've just been so much more impressive yeah, this year. I completely agree. But I don't want to, you know, I don't want to take away from Miami because they are undefeated. They're playing great football, but Auburn, you know, the past 5 weeks has been unstoppable. We keep- and they they dismantled Georgia. They did. It was not even close. And we keep saying, show us, in terms of Miami. I think that final statement to me, and they don't even have to win the national championship, but if they go in neutral site and they beat Clemson, I'll back off. I think Miami's back at that point. I think the respect has... This is not like a... I think we're skeptical because there's teams like USC who we think are the top dogs. And Miami kind of has that prestige... But they haven't been there recently, and we're kind of concerned that they're going to fall off similar to a Georgia. They mm-hmm. had their, Georgia had their game. USC falling off completely. 
I, I get nervous, but I think if they beat Clemson, that's that's a real shower, and that I think that's telling you that this team deserves to be in the playoffs, and this team has a legitimate shot of competing for the national championship, especially over the course of the next four years. Right, and that that brings us to probably the biggest game of the week in a very very terrible slate of college football games. Wisconsin against Michigan, which I did pick by the way. I that did is pick one, too. I picked Michigan plus seven. <laughs> I okay. I saw seven and a half, but I'll say seven. I hate both of these teams, so this is a really tough game to pick. But I, I felt like it was necessary with the slate, especially with Clemson playing the Citadel and Alabama playing a team I don't even know. But they're playing our high school, actually. That's who they're playing. Right. There's no spread on the game right now in CBS Sports, but Michigan. You know they're on their third quarterback of the year. Um, John O'Corn just Love did it. not cut it, and I like it. I like the move. Um, let me see if I can get his name up. It's here. like Nathan Peterman coming in for the Buffalo Bills. I'm yeah, excited. I'm excited for the opportunity. Coming. Yeah, I'm very excited for this kid's opportunity here at Michigan. And Michigan's defense is still Michigan's defense. I'm not going to take that away. And I don't think there's anything special. And if you saw that in the Iowa game, now I know what the score says, but Iowa's defense definitely. They scored two touchdowns on the defensive end. There wasn't a lot of offense on Iowa. And I know we can say the same about Michigan, but this is a tougher Michigan defense right. than it is Iowa. And Brandon Peters, the name I'm looking for. I mean, on the year so far, 28-46, 330 yards and four touchdowns, no interceptions. I love it. Sounds something like a passer. That, this oh, guy's cool. a passer. Something that John O'Corn, Wilton Spate can absolutely not say. But I think this is going to be a good game, and this is going to be a fight. And I don't care that Michigan is you know out of the running. This is going to be a very good game. You know that they're a team that would love to play spoiler to a Wisconsin team that I've been crapping on all year, just like Georgia. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put all my chips on the table again. I'm just I'm gonna, gonna put this out there. Michigan wins straight up. I'm with you. I think Michigan wins this game as well. Michigan not out of the Big Ten championship game yet. Right. They still play out of the college football playoff. Okay. Hesitant okay. Hesitant. I don't I don't the likelihood is one percent, I would believe. But a two-team, it looks like we're on pace to have a two-loss team in there. Michigan, two losses. They go in, beat Ohio State, go to the go to the Big Ten Championship game. You get the losses. You get Alabama losing to Auburn. So, they, I mean, they play Wisconsin twice then, right? Who's probably not going to fall out of the top ten rankings. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is it's tough to beat, would tough be tough to beat Wisconsin twice, would be tough to beat Ohio State. This is like a 1%. We're running out of time with this segment, but one of my other picks is West Virginia versus Texas. They're at home. We love West Virginia's quarterback. We love their offense. Texas hasn't lived up to standards. West Virginia at home was a lock pick from the Dr. Saturday. I looked it up on Yahoo Sports. That's a lock as well as my other pick, UCLA. Ride my Bruins, baby. Plus 16 against the Trojans. Well, I also had UCLA. We are riding against the Trojans. Underdog week, and let's continue with Kentucky plus 21.5 at Georgia. That's just you taking a shot at me right there. Uh, no. You wanted to go into the break saying, hey, I'm just going to keep betting against it's, Georgia. It's Underdog Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's Underdog Saturday. Or no, it's I just, got th- I've got three of them. So I, don't think you have a lot, I don't think you have a lot of love for Georgia. I, I haven't. Okay. I never did. Well, that's all proved, the t- they proved me right. I'm cutting them off. showing up in the biggest game that's of the, the year. all the time we have. Georgia hate is not allowed on this show. We'll be back after the break with NFL, everybody.
What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. It's NFL time. We are here live watching the Pittsburgh Steelers versus Tennessee Titans, which is currently at 23-14. Spread for that game was 7. Didn't really want to touch it because of fantasy implications. There was a lot going on. I just didn't want to pay attention to the game. Hope that the points were not going to be there for my opponent. I don't have anybody in this game. My opponent has a ton. But it's a good week, Xander. You know why? Aaron Rodgers is taking snaps. He is, I was surprised to hear that. He's, he's hungry. And the Packers... Came away with a big victory against Chicago last week. Yes, they did. Also covering the spread. What did I say? They have never lost four games in a row. They've only done it once since the 60s. Losing four games in a row by more than a touchdown. That was not to be. They beat the Bears. Now we need the Bears to go beat the Lions this week. But that's a conversation for a little bit later. I'm excited to see that. Aaron Rodgers, eager. David Johnson, eager. Greg Olson, who I happen to pick up, eager. He's playing after the bye next week. The NFL, the players are starting to come back. It's coming down to the wire, and I know I say that probably a little bit prematurely about coming down to the wire, but things are flying. Things are happening. I mean, Tyrod Taylor, who we mentioned last segment, he got benched on a team that was competing for a playoff spot. Unbelievable. The Bills have fallen mightily after that start to the year. I mean, Tyrod Taylor getting benched was something I did not see coming, but, oh, woof. It's a woof. You bring in Calvin Benjamin to maybe help him, I mean, he threw for 50, barely 50 or 60 yards. That's a Joe Flacco it is, type game. Who is against the Packers this week. Packers plus two at home, by the way. Just want to put that out there. Not saying I take that pick. I'm not going to put that as my pick, but I'm just, I like that. I like the Packers at home and home underdogs. But it's tough. You did a lot for Buffalo. You always circle the wagon early, as Boomer would say in the beginning of the season. They fall off, and it is all the time. And everybody who was poo pooing the Patriots. Meanwhile, sitting at seven and two, looking they're like they're quiet seven and two, looking like they're not they showboating are ready, they're seven and two. They are ready for another Super Bowl run. If you go back to the first week we're doing this, I said everyone needs to take it easy. They lost to the Chiefs, and people are willing to freak out. I said it's okay. They're always ready for the Super Bowl. Tom Brady is a killer, and it he doesn't is. matter. He doesn't need to be loud about it anymore. He's has enough Super Bowl titles. I think it would be disgusting if they won the Super Bowl again this year. It would be the greatest. I don't think. You know how hard that would be to find a team down the line? I mean, I don't think I'd be alive for another team of that magnitude, that dynasty. No, you wouldn't. Um, But looking at the top six teams in the NFL right now, a lot of quiet, sneaky, good teams, in my opinion. I mean, you look at the Steelers, who, remember, after that week where Big Ben threw five picks... We we wrote him off. People thought the world was coming to an end. some money. Right. Meanwhile, they're 7-2, probably the best defense in the league. You got the St. Louis Rams, who to me are by far the most exciting team in football. Great matchup this week. Great matchup this last, week. This time last year, Jared Goff just replaced Case Keenum as the starting quarterback for the Rams. Big now, game. Now and we I, got Keenum versus Goff. St. Louis minus two and a half at the Minnesota Vikings, who are also quietly having a great season. Seven and two. Seven and two. A lot of talk out of Vikings camp about whether or not they were going to start Teddy Bridgewater. It's tough when your quarterback throws four touchdown yeah, passes last year. Yeah, kind of a little confusing to me. I know he's your franchise quarterback, but Case Keenum, absolutely no reason he should be benched. I have to stick with my Rams, though. I've taken him, I think, six times this year. Is I don't this think an official pick down. already? It's an official pick. Oh. St. Louis minus two and a half on the road at Minnesota. Very scary defense to me. Probably the most experienced in the NFL. But Crazy that this is... a competition for potentially the first seed in the NFC. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you got the Eagles 8-1. and one, but Like that, a tough Cowboys team. Which is my game. I'm taking Cowboys at home, plus four and a half. Dak versus Carson Wentz. I love it. 
And there's been a lot of argument who's been the better one so far. I know I've given my two cents that some people haven't appreciated my stance on Dak Prescott. The numbers are the numbers. I mean, Prescott has better numbers. And he was without a left tackle for the first time, without T- Tyron Smith. And he will be again. And will be again. But he's an adapter. And he I is. think Dak Prescott, plus four and a half, I think that's great at home. I'm riding the Cowboys this week. I think they're going to pull this one out. Alfred Morris didn't look terrible, and I think he's sustainable. He didn't look terrible. Okay. He didn't look terrible. I think he can up the ante, and I think Rod Smith's going to have to make a move here too. Elliot, I'm glad he finally laid down and is taking the suspension. I think that's off their back. Cowboys need a win because Jerry Jones is plaguing the news with terrible news. So they're going. <laughs> Dallas needs something. And I think we we got to get to this last team in the top six, New Orleans Saints. After an 0-2 start, we were thinking about, you know, what is life going to be like after Drew Brees? Seven games later, at 7-2, and two, the defense is for real. Drew Brees is still Drew Brees. And those freaking running backs. The greatest fantasy pickup I've ever had and Alvin Kamara. The Adrian Peterson trade was one of the best <laughs> situations that could have worked out for either team. I mean, I agree. Adrian Peterson, I mean, I know he had a rough week against Seattle last week, but finally getting his chance to be a feature back. Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara tearing it up with the Saints. Six rushing touchdowns last week. The Saints kind of scare me. I mean, they're notorious for having a horrible defense, like beyond bad, 400 yards a game. But the defense is probably the best part of that team this year. They're coming to play. You got a Super Bowl winning quarterback on your team. So this team could go places. I completely agree with you. I didn't pick the Saints this week. Their spreads have been Outrageous! They haven't had a spread in three weeks under nine. So I haven't touched that game. The game I did touch and I mentioned was... You just, you just touched? I, I poked. The Lions minus three against the Bears. Mm, I need this it. Lions loss, so I don't know how bad I'm going to actually feel if I don't get this game right. But the, Bear, the Bears don't have it. I'm sorry. that They lost to Brett Hundley, who hurt his hamstring apparently in the third quarter. I don't know. I didn't, that team is. I think their defense is going to grow and be good. I don't even hate Trubisky. I think Trubisky threw an awesome. Trubisky. Team. Nope. Trubisky. Trubisky. There's no end. I'm adding the end right now because he's neutral. He's nothing to me. But he'll figure it out. Trubisky will be the franchise quarterback for this Bears team. I don't have to worry about it because I don't think he'll ever get past Rodgers in terms of winning. But it's okay. I'm going to go with the Lions minus three as my second pick. All right, my second pick, I think this is the game of the week in the NFL. Got the Atlanta Falcons traveling to Seattle in a really tough matchup. And I think this is do or die time for the Falcons. You got the Panthers and the Rams, um, who I think are two of the top teams in the NFC. I don't even know why I said the Rams are not in their division. I was thinking of the Saints, but Saints are 7-2. and two. Panthers are ahead of the Falcons. This is do or die. I like the Falcons, plus three, against Seattle on the road. Really tough place to play, but... A very Matt, depleted defense. Matt Ryan, this is his time. He's been brutal all year. Devonta Freeman looks like he's not going to play. This needs Your to be boy. the Tevin Coleman show. He's going to reclaim the first uh, first spot on that team. He's going to move up on the depth chart. 100 yards rushing. I'm calling it for Tevin Coleman. Monday night, coming to play. Give me the Falcons plus three on the road. I like that. Me, on the other hand, they beat me last week. And I don't know why I stray from when I'm angry about something, I need to remain angry. And grudges aren't great to hold, but for 16 but weeks, for 16 weeks you can hold one. The Jets suck. I'm going to put that out there point blank. The record's a bunch of hoo-ha nonsense. I bet the Jets against their old 
quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick and the disgusting Tampa Bay Buccaneers completely lost that one. They didn't have Mike Evans or Jameis Winston, and they still handled this Jets team. Blell Powell, I'm glad you picked up, because they all sucked. If you were a J-E-T-E-S-S, whatever it is, I didn't even spell their thing right because they don't deserve it. The Jets suck. But I'm hoping the Dolphins aren't completely fraud, because they are a pick this week against the Buccaneers, who are again without Winston. At home, I picked the Dolphins in a pick so hopefully uh, Ndamukong and Sue can rough them up a little bit for me. All right, my third pick, I'm going with the Chargers at home versus the Tyrod Taylor-less Bills. Um, Chargers at 3-6 and six are, again, disappointing this year. But I think Phillip Rivers pulls it together. Melvin Gordon got overshadowed last week by the rookie running back on the Chargers. Will not happen again this week. Him and Keenan Allen, 300 yards combined. This is going to be a blowout. Take the Chargers. Perfect. So you got our NFL picks. Real quickly, I want to let the world know that we're okay in Green Bay. That we're not out of the playoffs yet. We're not. We can hang in there. We got an easy. We got the Ravens, the Browns, and the Buccaneers coming up. I think that's a stretch we can pull out somehow. But that's all the time we have this week, everybody. This is the Sporting Edge at Liberty Talk. FM, AMFM, twenty four seven as well. Follow us on Facebook. Reach out to us. We haven't heard from any of you guys, but we'd like to hear from you guys. We're very sociable people, and uh, you guys have a fantastic weekend. And here goes another week of football. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.